wonderful show is keeping up with the Joneses. AJ Jones, you resplendent display of glory. <laughs> Thank you, darling. How are you? I'm good. I'm slightly fueled on M&M's. Oh, that's, is it confession time? This should make for an interesting podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounded almost robotic. This should make for an interesting podcast. Okay, this is my brain on M&M's, people. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Do you know that as we record this, the Golden Globes are on? Really? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, neither did I until my New York Times app on my iPhone decided to tell me. So I can go downstairs and watch the Golden Globes after we're done this? Sure you can. But we don't have TV. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll watch all the best bits on YouTube tomorrow. <laughs> oh, well, that was a nice thought. Right. Um, tell me about this week. It feels like it's been a few weeks since we podcasted. And it's only been seven days. I know. That's because we've packed in an awful lot this week. It's been a crazy week. Yeah, we had uh, Ben and Sarah come from Toronto and stay and teach on the school and at M&8. Yeah, Sarah taught on dream interpretation in year one and then advanced dream interpretation in year two. Yeah. I miss taking advantage of having her interpret some of my dreams. Well, I mean, yeah, I uh, I don't often have dreams that need interpreting, but uh, right after she left, I had one. So <laughs> that, to be, to be that was fair, inconvenient. <laughs> though, to be fair, I do think I've had my money's worth, so to speak. I'm pretty sure. She, yes, she owes you nothing. And it's probably nice for her to come down and not be harassed with dreams. <laughs> Sarah, sit down. I have many dreams for you. Well, interpret. that's usually what happens. <laughs> yes. So Sarah taught in the schools. Ben was just good looking and nerdy and talked to me about tech stuff, which made my inner geek very, very happy. Yes. And then we made sure they were replete with cronuts. Yes, as long as you feed them cronuts, they're fine. I think they and had coffee. Cro- I think they had cronuts every single day. I tried to make sure that that happened. Yes, <laughs> you're a very good host. Thank you. And then Grace Center this morning, we had. Well, Jeff's been talking about generosity the last couple of weeks. Yes. Well, it's not just generosity. The whole thing about breaking the poverty mindset. Yes, it's been an amazing series. It really has. Really, really good. And we ended this Sunday with a massive offering that we took up. Yes. And then next week, we're giving it all away to some surprise person or yes. ministry. Ministry, yeah. And we've done this a couple of times in the past. I love it. It is tremendous joy, and it really does release something. You could totally feel the, the energy and the atmosphere in the service this morning. Yeah. You were sure. watching from home. Could you tell? Oh, yeah. Could totally tell. And just, oh, yeah, it felt amazing. I was kind of getting wasted in the kitchen. Oh, good. I mean, on the Holy Spirit, not on, like, port or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it was great. All right. Do you want to know our topic for this week? I do. It's actually inspired by Jeff's message. Oh. Okay. I want I want to talk about the most disbelieved verse in the Bible. Okay. Now there's probably not a short list. There's probably quite a lot of disbelieved verses in the Bible. And by disbelieved I mean Christians that believe it but don't do anything with it, thus proving they don't really believe it. Because if they actually believed it, they'd do something with it. Right. And I'm, I'm lumping myself in that, by the way. That sounded very much like a me versus everyone else, but I'm, I'm preaching to the, the choir here. Yeah. The verse in question is, it, we know it's the most disbelieved verse in the Bible because it has a warning against not believing it. <laughs> it's Galatians <laughs> 6, verse 7. It says this, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Yep. Right there at the beginning. Don't be deceived. Like, yep. don't be foolish. Don't, um, if you think you can get away with this thing not happening in your life, you're deceived. Don't try and explain away God's laws. Right. 
you got to be careful with laws because as soon as you say laws, everyone's like, oh, uh, but we're not under the law. Right. But that's uh, not what you mean. But that's not what I mean. What do you mean? I mean um, principles that the Lord has set up in Scripture that are for your blessing. Right. And they, these laws, which this one is one of, a couple, are really like, a good parallel are the laws of physics that run our universe. Yes. The law of gravity, for yes. example. So if I decide not to believe in the law of gravity, it's not going to help me at all if I jump off a building. Right. They're completely impartial laws. They don't right. require your belief to work. Yeah. And they actually are completely indiscriminate. They don't They don't just work for Christians. And you know, like the law of gravity, it affects all people, all places, all times. Right. And you can trick gravity into thinking that you've beaten it. For example, getting on an airplane and flying. But at some point... It, it really does rule your life and you what goes up does have to come down. Yes. I, I'm veering dangerously <laughs> into topics I know very little of past a elementary grade education. I'm not sure we want to talk about aerodynamics. <laughs> no, let's, let, let's, let's go let's back. Steer away from that. Okay. <laughs> Stepping backwards, tracing my steps back to the law of sowing and reaping. I'm pretty sure gravity is involved in keeping the thing in the air as well. I just want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bad example, bad example. <laughs> What happened to daddy? Well, he got in a plane and floated <laughs> off into nowhere. They're gone. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So I'm sticking with what I know about, yes. which is this verse. Yes. Go back to the verse. So it's an amazing verse, really. And it's absolutely designed, like you said, for our good. Yes. And, and in essence, it's whatever you sow from the same thing that you sowed, you will reap. Not from the same thing that you sowed. The same thing that you sowed, you will reap. Yeah. Because you kind of reap it from God, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So if you, for example, if you sow honor in your life, yes, you determine that you will reap honor. Right. If you sow encouragement, you're going to reap encouragement. Right. If you sow financially, you're going to reap financially. It's funny how most of Christendom is fine with abstract concepts of sowing and reaping, but as soon as we talk about finances, people get really twitchy. <laughs> you're talking about prosperity. Yes, I might be. <laughs> and a number of other things. If you sow friendship, you'll reap friendship. Mm -hmm. I, we've often said that there's two things we don't lack, and one is encouragement and one is prophetic direction, in part because we're constantly encouraging and we're constantly prophesying over people. Right. I haven't actually thought about that, babe. That makes a lot of sense. Is your nose whistling? Yes. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ's magnificent musical nostrils. I was just trying to figure out what was making that noise. Go on, make the and noise. And it's my right nostril. <laughs> I don't know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, a magical moment in this episode. <laughs> if you hear like a little whistle in the background, it's just my right nostril. <laughs> All right, so what are we talking about? Um, you made a brilliant point about our life. Okay, that's right, about how we don't lack encouragement and we don't lack prophetic revelation. Yes. Or direction, because we're constantly giving away encouragement and constantly prophesying over people. I seriously had never put the two things together until just now. You are welcome, baby. Wow. The law of sowing and reaping, like the law of gravity, is also completely impartial. It, it doesn't care if you believe it, totally doesn't care if you're a Christian or not. It's as simple as whatever you put in, you will get out. Correct. And it's worth noting it is designed for your blessing, but like everything, the enemy will try and counterfeit it and use it for bad. So, for example, if you sow judgment, you will reap what? Judgment. If you sow criticism? Judge oh, <laughs> criticism. <laughs> I should have had more of an episode. <laughs> 
so one of the good things to know is if you're having a hard time in life, it could be that you're reaping something that you've sown earlier. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that we say when we're teaching on this at the school is, you know, show me what you're reaping and I'll show you what you're sowing. There's another verse built on this same principle. Yeah. And if you read it in your Bible, it's written in red. It's from Luke 6, verse 38. You introduced me to a brilliant concept on this verse. I heard it first from you. The verse itself says this, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Mm -hmm. They're the words of Jesus, so you know he's not messing around. Yes. Can you remember the amazing revelation you shared with me once? I'll give you some M&Ms if you get it. Um, Amazing revelation from this verse. Well, I think I said to you, so what is it? Whatever it is that you gave is what you'll receive. So it is whatever you give. Yes. So we put this to the test once upon a time. We did. We kept a mental list. Well, not actually a mental list. We wrote it all down. Yes. That we would watch us give stuff, either prompted by the Holy Spirit or just prompted by us. Or just for fun. And <laughs> we'd watch it be given back to us in extravagant ways. Yeah, you can't outgive God. There was a time in my life where every single Apple product I owned had been given to me. Yeah. I, I didn't buy any Apple products for years. Yeah. Well, here's here's a simple example. I remember one day at the end of the month, we had budgeted um, and we'd come in under budget and we had an extra $200, I think it was. We had yeah. $200 unbudgeted and so i said what do you want to do with it and you were like let's give it to some friends of ours so we sent them uh, some money and just sent them a quick email saying hey we were thinking about you guys we love you very much we're so grateful for what you've done in our lives and the role that you play and we just wanted to send you out for a nice meal yes go bless yourself you've impacted us yes and sent off and it was great it felt wonderful as it always does and the point was, we didn't give to get something. We just decided to give because... Because it's fun. Because it's fun. Yeah. However, the law of sowing and reaping mandates that because we gave that, it's going to be given back to us. Right. And so, I don't know. I think it was the same within a month, maybe. Maybe it was in six weeks. We get a check for $1,000 yeah. from somebody we don't even know. Yeah. And they said basically the same thing we sent in our email to our friend. Hey, you've impacted me and my wife greatly, and you just wanted to send you something to say thank you for what you've done. And we were like, whoa, that's <laughs> God. like a five-fold return. That's astonishing. Yeah. So let's just start there with money. That should offend some people. <laughs> we've also given away stuff and and received similar stuff in return. Like I remember uh, at one point when we were in Brazil, I gave away my iPod. Right. That was when iPods existed. Yeah, when iPods existed and iPhones didn't. iPhones came out a couple months later. Right. We were in Brazil. You really want to give away your iPod. And in Brazil at that time, electronics were so expensive. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'd say I really wanted to give it away. I felt like the Lord said to give it away. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to travel as much as we do without my iPad. Or sorry, without my iPod. But, yes. So you gave it away. Then what happened? Gave it away. I was giving an iPhone, a brand new first generation iPhone. You were? Yeah, a couple of months later. I remember predating that. We, again, we'd budgeted 
And again, we'd come up with some extra money, so we weren't doing very good at budgeting because every dollar should have its own job, but that's another podcast for another time. <laughs> but anyway, we had some money left over and we thought of our friend who didn't have an iPod. And that made us really sad because his kids had iPods, but he didn't. And he was an absolute music and Apple nerd. That's so very sad. We bought him an iPod and it wasn't even an expensive one. I think it was the cheapest one available but we just thought it would be really fun it's what we could get <laughs> yeah we just thought it'd be fun to buy him an ipod not tell him and just ship it to his house yeah and so a couple of weeks later he phones us and is squealing with excitement that he got an ipod and then you're right the very well i had to forget i forget the timing but immediately after that i got given an iphone yeah you got yours first i did and then we went to brazil and then i gave away my ipod and then I got back, when we got back from Brazil, around a couple months later, about two months later, I got given an iPhone. I love that. It's amazing. And I mean, we we know people, well, I'll give an example. We know people that have sewn into us, like stuff like they've said, oh, I, you know, I love your marriage. I want to sew into your marriage. I'm not married yet. And I want to sew into having a great marriage. I remember this uh sweet friend who brought us meals every Sunday night for, I don't know, six months or so. And in the process of that, she actually ended up meeting her husband. And now they're, you know, four kids down the road and, you know, doing fantastic. And I'm, you know, that's not going to be all just because they made us meals. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, you know, you sew where you want to go. And so that's what she could do. So right. she sewed what she could do and God did what he can do. I remember one time we sewed something and it wasn't something we wanted to sew, but we decided to do it anyway. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about first class seats on airplanes. Okay. So when we used to travel and we used to travel a lot, we used to learn the the art of ensuring you had upgrades. So we'd always fly economy, we'd always buy economy tickets, but on a lot of the international legs, it just so happened that we flew so much that it would give us coupons that you could exchange for first-class upgrades. Right. And there was a couple of tricks to that, aside from actually earning eligible status to get there. But once you even had that, you are competing with everybody else at the same level as you who's also hoping for upgrades. Right. And so on this particular occasion, we're flying from Toronto to London Heathrow, and we know that at the day of check-in, if upgrades haven't opened... They're going to go by status, and we've got the highest status available, so that's fine. And if there's somebody else of the same status as you, the way they're going to decide who gets the seats is check-in time. So we get there super early, ready to check in. We don't care. We're going to sit in the lounge anyway. We'll get some breakfast there. It's no big deal. So as soon as check-in is open, we physically check in, go through security, We've got our seats in economy. We're really praying that there'll be an upgrade. I've already checked the airline computers and I can see that there are two first class <laughs> seats. Right. And as far as I know, we're the first people checked in. So we're in the lounge. We're enjoying some breakfast. We've got a couple hours before a flight takes off. We're just thinking this is great. I'm refreshing the page continually, checking to see if any uh, first class passengers have canceled. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Those two seats are still available. I'm thinking these are going to be ours. This is amazing. And who should we bump into in the lounge but John and Carol? Mm-hmm. Despite the fact we live with John and Carol at that time, <laughs> we didn't know that we were both <laughs> flying to flight. England. We yeah. we flew so much that it wasn't a, 
a rare enough thing to mention it. It's like you don't say to your friend, I'm going to go to the grocery store tomorrow. No kidding, I'm going to go to the grocery store. That's kind of what it was like. Right, right, right. And so we bump into them and they're as laid back as they always are. They give us a big hug and like, where are you going? Where are we going? Oh, we're going to London. What flight are you on? Oh, you're on the 9 a.m. flight too. That's amazing. Hey, did you already get an upgrade? And they were like, no, we didn't get an upgrade. We didn't, we didn't check in. You know, it's fine. And so now I'm thinking, oh, I have this little thought that, like, if we get upgraded, of course. We ha- we're going to give them of away. Of course, the right thing to do is give them away to the people who've given us everything in life. Of right. course. Right. But at the same time, we're like, I don't want to sit in economy <laughs> with the unwashed masses. I want to lie flat. Incidentally, is where we fly now. <laughs> yeah, we sow the judgment. We're reaping a judgment. See? Anyway, in the back of my head, I'm thinking. We should, we should, we should. But I know well enough not to shoot on myself. So we just say, Holy Spirit, of course, of course we're going to get, if we get upgraded, of course we're going to give away our seats to John and Carol. That's just, please, no help, my, please help my attitude. But yeah. absolutely. So in my heart, I had decided that we were going to sew our upgrade tickets. I keep refreshing in the hope that there's going to be four, you know, magical seats appear. But no, there's two. So we go down to the gate get ready to board the plane and as i approach there i ask are there any upgrades and they're like yes you've been upgraded and i'm about to say okay well actually i'd like to exchange seats with my parents and at the same time they page would mr and mrs arnett please come to the desk and they'd been upgraded and so i was like lord you're so good i gave it away in my head you gave it back to me and i got to sit next to some of my favorite people in the world on a first class flight yeah very good you can never go wrong in honor nope I was just thinking, uh, and so this is like a long, a long time away reaping of something that was sown a long time ago. But when I was in my uh, early 20s, um, I did a lot of free babysitting. And I didn't love babysitting, but I did love people who were married and needed time away to have that and the finances not be prohibitive of that. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, and so there, you know, a couple friends and, um, some pastors and stuff, I watched their kids while they went away. Um, and my thought was now we have people that are amazing that take care of our children for free as well. Oh, I'm so glad that you sowed all those years <laughs> because we, we seriously do reap the blessing of seriously. amazing people who watch our kids. We, we co- probably couldn't do we definitely couldn't do what we do no, we couldn't. without the people who love our kids so well. Yeah. We went through this season of playing hot potato mm-hmm. that whenever we'd be given money, we'd give that money away immediately to Just somebody for else. Fun. Yeah. yeah. And so we, yeah, we call it hot potato because you'd get money and then you'd give it away and inevitably you get money again and you give it away. And at some point, you just decide to tap out and let God win and keep money. And I, <laughs> I remember one time we were ministering in Australia and halfway through the message, I saw a girl in the crowd and I've just felt like the Holy Spirit said, I'd really like you to invest in her. Yeah. So I was like, all right. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know if it meant give a prophetic word or, or whatever. Well, at the end of the service, somebody came up and put cash in my hand. I didn't even look at the cash. I just went over to my hosts and said, Somebody just gave me this cash. I want you to go give it to that girl. Um, she doesn't need to know it comes from me, but I felt like the Holy Spirit said he wanted to invest in her. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to give that away. Mm-hmm. So I gave that money away to her. 
And as I leave the church, somebody comes up to me and says, I want to give you a thousand dollars. And I was like, I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the old adage, my mum used to say this all the time. Everyone says this. It wasn't my mum saying, but you just can't outgive God. Right. But he'd like to see you try. Yes. There's genuine and it's fun hilarity. To try. There really is. <laughs> yeah. I think we're most like God when we're givers. Yeah, for sure. And the kingdom belongs to givers. So my question for our listeners yep. is, what are you currently reaping that you'd like to stop? Yeah. In which case, check what you may have been sowing. And then what would you like to be reaping that you're currently not and start by sowing that? Yep. And you can start in really, really small ways. Yeah. It's really easy. And it, you can have fun with God with it. Just spend some time journaling about that kind of stuff and then just take baby steps towards it. All right. I have a listener's question for you. From okay. somebody with the best name ever. I would like to think that their name is Dagobar, as in the Dagobar system from the Star Wars. But it's probably not. No, but it's spelled that way. They're Icelandic, and I'm sorry for ruining your name already. I think it's Dagbjort. It means daybright in English, which I think is possibly the best name we've ever had on the podcast. And their question is this, thanks a lot for your podcast, it's blessed me in many ways, you're more than welcome. After seeking God for the new year, I felt this year, 2016, he wanted to give me new revelation about his heart. I'm a big doer and can be very impatient, but he told me that slowly and without extremes, he wanted to give me new revelation, so I'm going for it. I'm going through AJ's Finding Father book and love it. Journaling is no problem. I know very well the keys to hearing God's voice and I've been using Mark Vorkler's technique for some years now. But I find this soaking thing so difficult. I'm doing all the exercises in the book, but not much is happening. Could you kindly discuss soaking in your show? Best wishes from Iceland. Dagbjör or Dagobar or Daybright in English. <laughs> First off, brilliant question. Second of all, we love Iceland and miss it very, very much. Oh, so much. And we're jealous that we're sending a bunch of students to Iceland and we're not we going with to them. Go. However, we love Iceland and thank you for writing in. Babe, you wrote a book about soaking. Explain what soaking is and why people will have problems initially if they're doers. Yeah, I mean, if you're a doer, it totally makes sense to me. Um, we basically, you just lie down someplace comfortable and you you rest and engage with heaven and listen to God. So it's the same kind of tools that you're using in terms of journaling, connecting with heaven. Um, you could visualize what's going on in heaven, ask Jesus is where he is in the room. But then you're simply receiving. You're just asking the Holy Spirit to pour into you and you're staying still and receiving whatever he wants to do. And sometimes that's revelation. And sometimes, honestly, you feel nothing at all. Um, but you just know that God is somebody who gives good gifts. And so if you're actually asking him for a gift of his presence, you're receiving it. Um, and then, you know, you go on with the rest of your day. But it's, it is super hard. And if you're a doer type person or a list type person, I mean, when I first started smoking I, or smoking... <laughs> Go on. You got to cut that out. <laughs> nope, it's staying in. When I first started soaking, I um, all I could think about was the amount of valuable things that could be being done 
with the amount of time that I'm spending, you know, lying on a couch or whatever. But then um, I started seeing the fruit of it. Like I just started realizing, gosh, my heart's getting healed up and I feel more full and I'm more friendly and I feel joy. And, you know, so uh, I could see that it was worth persevering, but it takes persevering. Yeah, my story is exactly the same. When I started, I just thought, I can't think of a bigger waste of time than lying on the floor doing nothing. And I remember one day just going, you know, Lord, I could be praying for widows and orphans. And the Holy Spirit was like, when have you ever prayed for widows and orphans? I was like, okay, good point. I won't grumble anymore. And I, I'd agree with AJ that perseverance is such a big deal to it. And I remember when it changed, because I remember just continually giving myself to resting in the presence of God and my value system changing, and then experiencing the Holy Spirit. So some practical things. Make sure you've got some anointed music. That will really help. Second of all is pay attention to what's going on physically in your body. I know that sounds absurd, but it helped me because I needed something for my mind to focus on. So also don't pray. That sounds contrary to what you're trying to do. But I would lie down and I would say, Holy Spirit, I'm lying down. I'm outsourcing my worship and my prayer to the person on the CD, and now would you just come and be with me? And then I wouldn't pray because you can't kiss and talk at the same time. You can't dialogue with God and expect to receive from God at the same time. So I would just rest, and if anything happened physiologically to my body, like there was tingling in my fingertips or my right thigh would get numb, I would pay attention to it because I'd believe that the Holy Spirit is coming and manifesting his presence in my body, and I would pay attention to that. And I noticed that the more attention I gave to what was going on in my body, the greater the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And that's when I began to learn to discern his presence and learn to discern his feelings. So I know it can be difficult, especially if you're a type A personality, you want to do, do, do. But actually, it's the greatest sacrifice you can give is giving God your time, especially when you want to be doing other things with it. So keep going and press through. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Our show notes are available at alanandaj.com slash 85. We hope you have an amazing week and join us next week. See you next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day from Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Alan yeah. and AJ, oh, yeah. keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk about faith in God. And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone